skeptical about custom beauty, honestly, y'all, I totally get it. My feed is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising, you know, to fix all of our beauty, hair, and skin problems. Truthfully, I was so skeptical when I saw this brand, but I'm a total believer now. When pros says custom, they actually mean it. Their products are no gimmicks, and your formula couldn't exist without you. Each and every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skin care is made to order and personalized with unique blends of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. And they get personal. Pros covers everything from your concerns to diet, exercise, and stress levels to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. Did you know, for example, that Minneapolis has like weirdly hard water, which apparently was affecting my hair? So like some of the ingredients that they put into my hair care was to like deal with the fact that we have hard water. Wow. I love that. They also asked me things like, you know, because I have had a baby recently, like, am I still breastfeeding? What are my hair goals? And I also really appreciated they asked like, how much effort do you want to put into your hair? Yeah, <laughs> because like I'm at the point, you know, I used to let, yeah, I used to do those, you know, put effort into my appearance, but now it's like, I just want to be able to walk out of the door without feeling self-conscious. Um, I, this is truly such a genuine endorsement. So I've really enjoyed using these products. But don't just take our word for it. In a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised control clinical trial, this is like the gold standard of all of these trials, Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash just break up. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash just break up for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas, pros.com slash justbreakup. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And this week, we're going to tackle topics like reconnecting during COVID, being alone and being lonely, <laughs> And the awful reality of timing and circumstance. So oh, it's going to be a real uplifting <laughs> episode, everyone. <laughs> so buckle up. If I was up. a listener, I'd be like, well, I'll just wait till next Monday. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, but we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning before we begin, which is that we are not professional licensed therapists. Yes, we are not technically qualified to do this in any way. Um, we are just here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding um, and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. Mm -hmm. So please take our advice as you see fit. That's right. Because we're idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. But, it, you don't have to have any credentials to create a podcast. You just have to have microphones and... And, and opinions. And right. let me tell you, you, you don't need credentials for those either. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we get into our check-in topic, um, we should shout out Big Cats because yesterday 
or the day we're recording this, yeah. <laughs> um, was Big Cats' birthday. So um, everybody send some love and thanks to Spencer, a.k.a. Big Cats. Um, he totally makes the podcast possible by means, you know, by way of working for X amount of time in the beginning with for no pay just because he, he wanted to support us. Um, and also by helping us book our shows and just being all in all, a fantastic team member and friend. So Spencer, we love you so much and we're we so grateful to do all of this with you and the Just Break Up community thanks you for everything that you've done for us. Absolutely. Also, we love you so much that you were making you edit this episode on your birthday. So <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Spencer. <laughs> Hashtag love to Geminis. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> Spencer missed the Gemini train by just a couple days. That's right. Um, he's a Taurus. A Taurus. He's a gentle bull. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, Spence, we love you. Let's get into our check-in topic. Our check-in topic today is inspired by a letter uh, from Anna Blank, who is writing from East Coast Pandemic. And basically in it, um, Anna explains that she has been triggered lately by her friend who is in like a loving quote unquote successful relationship with her new boyfriend. And although Anna is very happy for her, particularly because her friend was previously married and went through a painful divorce. So she's happy that she found something real and healthy. She's found herself to be like triggered by her friend's happiness, especially because, um, her and her friend both met men around the same time and both started a relationship around the same time. But Anna says it was like a tale of two cities, like one relationship is going well and they're about to move in together this summer. And the other relationship, her relationship ended, you know, in a fire as all relationships do. Um, (laughs) And she's wondering, like, I keep getting triggered um, when I hear about her happiness. Am I a bad, bad friend? I just can't get over the feelings of jealousy or maybe even failure that I couldn't have something good. It also doesn't help because of isolation right now. So we wanted to pull a a check-in topic out of this about, because I think this is so common. It's such a human thing to, um, well, jealousy is inherently human and natural, unfortunately. But, um, you know, the idea of seeing someone succeed around you or get something that you want or be happy around you and instantly um, feel like that spark of, you know, jealousy or resentment or like, why can't I have that? Um, is this something that you struggle with? Yeah. I don't know if I've had an exactly the same, uh, experience where I was triggered by someone else's happiness in a relationship, but I for sure, um, have been triggered by other people's success, uh, in their job or Mm -hmm. like when I was younger and would like go out to the bars would be really triggered if my friends got a lot of attention and I didn't, even though I was like happy that he was getting attention because like he deserved it and he's a really cool dude. Um, but I like just that moment of like, of that flare up of that's like, Mm -hmm. or like, you know, we graduated the same year and this person had a theater major and I had an English major, which are basically both useless degrees. (laughs) So like, why (laughs) is he making this much money? And I'm still like making zero dollars. Right. Uh, and just being really resentful of that, or particularly when there would be times where I would be reminded of it. Like if he right. bought something that I wouldn't be able to afford or if he wanted to go to a restaurant that was like too expensive for me um, and just like feeling that like 
those feelings of rage of like, Mm. why is the world so unfair? And also feelings of like, and I'm completely inadequate. Like no one loves me and I'll never be lovable and I will never make enough money to like do the things that I want to do. Totally. I agree with you. I'm not sure if I felt this particular um, example of jealousy or like um, uh, in terms of a romantic relationship, but I have definitely been triggered by someone else's success or someone else's um, bountifulness in their life, you know? And I think about the, the emotions like anger and jealousy and resentment. I think of them, you use the word flare up and I, and that's such a perfect word because I, I think about them as like hot emotions, you know, mm-hmm. emotions that come up that lash up really quickly. Um, and it, this might sound really weird, but I think of them as like, um, they're like the older siblings of my younger sibling emotions of like insecurity and sadness and worthiness and, and like my anger and my jealousy um, and my, you know, things that uh, when I'm triggered by someone else's success, it's almost as though like my jealousy is flaring up to protect me Mm -hmm. Um, or to protect those like younger sibling emotions from feeling not good enough, from feeling insecure, from feeling um, uh, unworthy, because it's a lot easier to be angry or to be jealous of someone than to sit and be like, wow, I'm really depressed <laughs> with my life or depressed with my accomplishments or, you know, whatever. This happens to me a lot when I compare myself, my career to other peers in in the writing world um and i particularly money i'm glad you brought that up because i don't want to like resent somebody for just making more money than me you know i think that's like that's like you know i grew up on the poorer side and that's like me um staying in that mindset of of scarcity versus abundance like that there's enough for everyone you know Mm -hmm. um I try to think about, uh, I read this really great Instagram quote once um, mm-hmm. that was like, every time I judge someone, I reveal an unhealed part of myself. Mm. And I know um, it's such a good quote. And I think about like how that compares to Anna's example that is the whole caveat, you know, like the thing that prompted this whole check-in topic is that when we feel jealous of other people's happiness, oftentimes that jealousy is that flare-up, that older sibling emotion trying to protect us from what we actually feel underneath, that unhealed thing underneath that's like, I'm incapable of having a relationship. I am unlovable. I don't deserve the happiness that my friends have. Or even uglier they didn't have to work as hard as I did. Mm. Why do they get what I want? You know, like those feelings that that only come out when we are really, when we are exercising, um, not the worst of humanity. This is not the worst of humanity, but like <laughs> when we're when we're exercising, you know, our 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 heart's deepest secrets. You know, like that we are unlovable, or that if you, you know that if you just worked hard enough, it would work out or whatever. Um, Yeah. So I think a lot of times when I, so Anna, yes. And to anyone who relates to the idea of being jealous of anyone's 
happiness. Sam and I definitely relate to that. Um, something that I've done to combat it is to echo Sam's idea of um, abundance mindset versus scarcity, that there is enough love in the universe so that my friend can be happy and be loved. And I too will find, am capable of finding and nurturing my own love. It just wasn't with that shitty person that I happened to meet at the same time, you know? Yep. And I think that that gets at like at the importance of not making these types of comparisons, right? Because, um, because it may feel like you're comparing apples to apples because you are you and your friends got into relationships at similar times, right? You had both been through sort of painful divorces or breakups, right? And you were about to embark on this journey and it was like seeming to all come together. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're not comparing apples to apples. You're comparing apples to like UFOs or something that is like completely on Apple-like, right? Because even though you may have embarked on, on what seem like similar journeys at the same time, right? Like you came into it with very different experiences, very different understandings of the world. You met two different people with very different experiences and understanding of the world. Um, so it's not like you, you are both put into this like vacuum where all the variables are the same and somehow she succeeded and you failed, right? It's right. that you were in different places at different times and your relationships ended up looking different. Um, right. And I think sometimes reminding myself of that when I am doing those acts of comparison and being like, no, these, these feel similar. The story I'm telling myself is that these two things are very similar and I failed and they succeeded. Right. Right. But the, but the, the reality is, is that the paths were completely different. They were never similar whatsoever. So like, even though me and this friends, he had a theater major, I had an English major, right? Like the reason we're making different money is because he had access to a corporate job that I would not have like, and was able to, to follow that. And I really wanted to go into nonprofit because I wanted to spend my life helping people and trying to make the world a better place, which is not right. to say that, that my friend is not doing that. Right. He's doing that in other ways. Right. But like, that's why that was happening. And so like to compare and say like, I should be making as much money as my friend is like, that's not, that's not true. We're on different paths. We are to compare right. ourselves is unfair to me. It's unfair to him. And and it's not actually real. It's not a real thing that's happening. Yeah. And every time I have those flare ups at the end of the day, Anna, it comes down to you, me and Sam and anybody who feels this way, telling ourselves that we are enough as is. And that might sound like fucking hallmark, cheesy, 100 percent bullshit, but yeah. it doesn't. It, it's the idea that no matter how happy or successful other people are, you know, regardless of how much money we would meet, we make, whether we're in a relationship or not, you know, how many books we have published, right. no matter all of those things, we are still whole, we are still lovable, and we are still worthy of happiness. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have to return to. That's what we need to get to under those flare-up emotions. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's not easy. I'm not saying... Sam and I both think that this is incredibly understandable, incredibly human. Like this stuff is not going to like go away. Instead, now that every time I'm met with these emotions, I just have to be like, okay, do I want to feel shitty about myself? And do (laughs) I want to more, you know, not even more importantly, and that's like the two in me. um, But do I want to feel shitty about my friend? Do I want Mm. to carry this hurt or 
can I do some deeper digging, some deeper excavation into this pain and figure the source of it? The source of it, I'm guessing, Anna, and anybody out there is that we feel, you know, inadequate. We feel Mm -hmm. like something was owed to us, you know, in a very human way. And, um, yeah, we just, we have to nurture ourselves so that we feel enough when other people around us seem to have quote so much more. For sure. And I think that these flare-ups of emotion are like an opportunity for us to, to look and give ourselves a hug, right? Like the, Mm. Whenever I'm feeling like a particularly ragey or like particularly jealous, <laughs> I have to be like, okay, what, like, what do I need to forgive myself for? Because this isn't about this other person. This is about me either thinking I'm inadequate or thinking that I'm not good enough or thinking that I made a mistake, right? Like, what do I need to, to wrap myself or like wrap myself around and say like, it's okay. Like everything is okay. And this thing that you are reacting to, um, is okay. Right. Yes. Because I think, I think sometimes we think that like, oh, when I'm enlightened, I'm going to be like perfect and I'm never going to have bad emotions, right? Right. Like I'm never going to feel jealous of my friend or I'm never going to be ridiculously angry at my partner for no reason. And the reality is, is that like, yeah, right. We're not going to like, that's not true. This, you can't operate through this world without your older sibling emotions, like coming up and being like, and trying to protect you. I know that metaphor is weird, but I'm into it. I like it. Um, yeah. and really the reality is, is that like, these are opportunities for us to, when we are experiencing a lot of external anger, jealousy, looking internally and saying, uh, why am I jealous of this person? It's cause I think I'm not enough, but I know that I am. So yeah. like, let yeah. me give myself a hug and say like, you are enough, Sam. Yeah. And to add to Sam's cute little hug thing. Um, a lot of times I just need to acknowledge it. A lot of times I just need to be like, oh, I'm feeling jealous of so-and-so's career because I I want what they have. Yeah. And then I have to be like, I'm going to acknowledge that emotion. I'm going to acknowledge how I feel when I believe that I'm inadequate, when I feel as though something, you know, an opportunity was taken from me or like that my life is less good because I don't have X, Y, and Z. And then acknowledge, like, I don't want to carry this with me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna choose to 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 set it down, let it pass by me. You know, mm-hmm. all of these are very. It's so human to to experience this. And but I love what Sam said is that it doesn't go away. You just get more um, used to these flare ups. Mm-hmm. Maybe not even used to. Like they 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 just always come, and we get we get better at the routine of acknowledging them. Um, unpacking them and then letting them go. Absolutely. Cool. Well, um, Anna, thanks for um, inspiring our check-in topic and we hope this helps. We do. Thank you you so much for writing. Want to get into some letters? Let's do it. All right. Our first letter is from giving the gift of missing me, which is the A plus (laughs) name. I'm really into that. (laughs) Yeah. Who is writing to us from the void. Dear Sierra and Sam, thank you for your uplifting show that reminds people of the inherent badasses they already are. I first found you three months ago when the guy I was seeing for about half a year ended things suddenly when super stressed out about work. Rather than discussing the work issue together, he called me in the height of crisis, told me there was no future and that I should let him go. I tried to reason with him. Was he sure now was the best time to make that rash decision? 
Did he just need to take emotional space to make a big work commitment before deciding on a relationship? But no, he wouldn't budge. So I wished him luck and told him not to contact me. And then I painfully did what he asked, let him go, did the head and heart work, found great resources, listened to Get Myself Together by Robin on repeat, thanks Sam, and started moving the fuck on and looking for someone who cherishes who I am and my time. And then COVID-19 hit two months after our breakup. You see, my ex is a frontline worker. And when the pandemic was made official, I couldn't help but feel like I should maybe reach out and ensure he was coping okay with working in a hospital. He had hurt me, but this shit is beyond crazy. I eventually sent him a message, but solely out of support for the health care system. I had no expectation or desire to get a response slash talk because we all know that there's no point of chasing someone who inadvertently told you they don't want you in their life anymore. But he responded and started trying to engage me in conversation and ask about my life. I've been intense about my boundaries because duh, but after several weeks of consistent casual chatting, he then asked if I wanted to talk on the phone. Since it's a pandemic and there's no fucking rules, parentheses also see lasagna for breakfast and parentheses, (laughs) I agreed. We had a nice chat, caught up, and it actually wasn't awkward at all. But at the end of the convo, he told me to let him know if I wanted to talk again and that he wants to see me in person again once COVID ends, of course. I didn't know what to say, so I told him he could reach out to me anytime and I'd be happy to chat. That sounds like you knew what to say. <laughs> <laughs> Just teasing. Uh, he was surprised by my offer. He's frontline. How could I be an asshole to someone who shows up uh, at a hospital every day? But I was glad because he's obviously been thinking about how much he fucked up. Basically, my question is, what the actual fuck? He told me that there was no future. Is this just some lonely pandemic shit? I'm torn between engaging and saying we need to talk about what communicating again means slash actually hash out what the fuck happened or just let this shit go. I'm stubborn and I know I deserve what I deserve so when he told me to walk away i did so calmly and swiftly but he doesn't know i cried every night about it oh i know thank you so much giving the gift of gift of missing me that's right the last line of that reminds me of that juliana calm down song that you recommended last week Oh my God. So many people DM me and were like, thank you for that recommendation. And I was like, no, thank you, Dixie Chicks. <laughs> to our Lord and um, Saviors, the Dixie uh, Chicks. <laughs> so good. Um, okay. So well, let's call her giving. Giving. Um, yes. You are in a pickle, a COVID pickle. Um, <laughs> I think Sam and I want to acknowledge that this is a very tricky situation, right? Mm-hmm. All all um, things uh all mitigating factors acknowledged in this. Um, but we want to highlight one thing with like a little gentle uh, call bullshit. <laughs> um, that's what Sam called it. Sam, you want to, would you like to make the phone call? <laughs> doot, 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 doot. Hello, bullshit. <laughs> Hello, this is me calling you out on your bullshit. Um, gentle I, bullshit. Bu- loving gently, bullshit. Gently. Yeah. Um, it's like sparkly, glittery bullshit. That's right. This is the tough love that y'all write in for. So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which is just to say that, like, I love you very much, but 
uh, you didn't reach out to him because he's a frontline worker. You reached out to him because you wanted to talk to him. Um, and I, there's, listen, Ooh. that's real. That's like a hundred percent normal. Like people in relationships who have broken up, like reach out to their exes all the time. But I don't want you using the frontline worker excuse to justify the fact that like ye, you established a boundary, which was that he shouldn't contact you again. And then you overstepped your own boundary to contact and him. His. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Um, and but I, yeah, before we walk down this like golden path of calling gentle calling out of bullshit, um, yeah. I do mm-hmm. want to say that like. I bet like half of our listeners are like, uh, I'm sorry, did Sam and Sierra just tell people to not reach out and express their their love and concern to, to healthcare workers? And we'll be like, absolutely. That's <laughs> If that healthcare worker told you that he no longer wants you in his life, no, do not reach out to him. Yeah, like he yeah, has yeah, other yeah. friends and family. He has the whole world standing outside at 7 p.m. clapping for him, right? Like yes. he doesn't need just you to reach out and say the yes. thing, right? But I want to say... And if you want to like, support healthcare workers, go for it. Like, support other healthcare workers. Like, mm, buy them mm-hmm. donuts or, like, <laughs> post on Instagram. Whatever you want. But, like, I'm just saying that it's, like, you reached out to one healthcare worker and it happens to be the man that told you two months ago that he doesn't want you in his life. Oh, my God. Giving... <laughs> we will... I promise we are going to make... This is all going to make sense in a minute. <laughs> Sam's just on his little golden pony of bullshit calling out. <laughs> Um, what I was going to say is like, obviously this is a very complicated time Mm -hmm. and we are all feeling very concerned and we're also feeling, um, a sense of immediacy to like tell people how we feel to, um, to check in on people because it is such extenuating times, um, et cetera. But I think what Sam and I want to unpack here in this letter is the decision um, to overstep your boundaries and his in the sake, out of the sake of ni- niceness, you mm-hmm. know, I think sometimes for me, and, and this is what we, Sam and I both connected to in this letter is like, there are times in my past that I have like come up with a thousand justifications to like pop into somebody's life again, yeah. because I was thinking of them because I wanted them because I want, cause it was nice because in my head at that time, I was like, I want you to know I'm thinking about you. I hope you're doing well. But that younger Sierra didn't think about um, how I might be like overstepping their boundaries or that like my kind, I guess what I'm trying to say is that particularly in very challenging times like this, I wonder if our concern, if our, if our thoughts of wellness and love to other people do they always have to be communicated to people who are no longer in our lives? Mm. Um, is it, are we confusing being nice um, with, with forgetting about our own boundaries? I know I kept saying boundaries like a hundred times, but I, I think there's something there. Like the idea of um, what does it mean to be a nice person to be like a generous person? And that person is one that is like always thoughtful, um, always available, always considerate. But like, I wonder if, if what, what if we were taught that like a nice person takes care of their own needs and their own health and wellness in order to be able to give more generously as Brene Brown says, you know? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that's like, 
for me, that's the difference between niceness and kindness. Like niceness Mm. is just like, I reach, I practice like niceness for you, even when it is detrimental to me or even when it's detrimental to you. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. Of like, like, oh my God, that is so real. Yeah. That right there. Uh huh. Like the, I I have been so nice at the detriment (laughs) of other people. Exactly. I'm like, here, take my kindness, you know, Mm -hmm. like, let me pop into your life and be so nice and considerate, even though I know your life does not have space for me. Or let me not offer you the feedback that's going to like help you. Or Mm -hmm. let me not, let me Mm -hmm. avoid. Oh my God, that is my Bible right there. Let me avoid this conflict so that we can keep the peace, but we're not actually going to like talk about the issue that's going to make both of our lives better, right? Yes. So the difference Um, between niceness and kindness. Right. Yeah. And like, and so in in this example, niceness is being like, oh, I'm just thinking of you because of COVID, but really it's, I'm interested in you because we, because yes, of co- cause of COVID and everything, but there is a way to think of person a, a person and wish them well without contacting them, right. right? Right. Or kindness, which I think what you were saying earlier is that there's a way to support healthcare workers that doesn't involve contacting your ex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I I do want to say, as I said before, like Sam and I understand that these are. In general, honestly, like, let me just put another caveat on our entire episode, which is that Sam and I will never truly understand all of the nuances um, and dynamics of your relationship because we are two strangers talking on FaceTime across the country somewhere. Where, somewhere. Sure. And this goes to everybody. So, like, again, please take your advice as you fit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, we're also we are like, not We are not all knowing, you know. Right. We're also humans going through our own shit. And, like, I literally had an ex reach out to me yesterday via, via email that was, like, <laughs> such bullshit. And I was like, why are you doing this to me? I don't need uh, this in my life. So you're triggered. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, but thank you for thinking of me. You could have thought of me and just, like, left me out of it but apparently now i need to know what's happening with you and the fact that you dated my other ex and that it was weird so oh god oh god Uh um i i do want (laughs) to say it's complicated too because here's where i call myself out i have i have been that ex i have sent those emails right that's isn't that why you're uh in a relationship now with your your yes this is what i'm This just proves that, like, everything we say is fucking wrong inherently. (laughs) Um, Or that, like, you know, no piece of life advice can be applied 100% of the time, you know? Um, But it's hard because I've definitely sent out a message, emails being like, so uh, thinking of you, hope you're doing well. Not really thinking about that, like, maybe that person doesn't carry me well or... Maybe it was almost like my desire to talk to that person and make things be okay superseded the like my desire to actually do the work mm-hmm. of being like, oh, I don't need this other person to feel good about where we are in our life slash relationship. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, and I, well, and I also like want to be clear that I don't think this is a bad thing. Like I don't think yeah. reaching, reaching out to your ex is a bad idea, right? Especially in a pandemic, but... For sure. And you, right, like, it worked for you, which is really great. What I'm trying to say is, like, don't don't supply yourself the bullshit. The narrative. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Of saying, I'm doing this because he's a healthcare worker. Instead, be like, I'm reaching out to my ex. What does this mean for me? Who is a healthcare worker? (laughs) Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. am I, I okay I'm with this? Like, this why global am I... <laughs> pandemic to <laughs> right? hit up my ex? <laughs> and like, am I okay with that? Am I okay with the consequences of it? Am I okay with overstepping this boundary that I established for myself? And I'm, and am I okay boundary. with right? Am I okay with the the consequences of that? And if you right. are, great, that's fine. But don't say like I haven't overstepped my boundary because I only reached out because he was a healthcare worker. Like. You intentionally made the decision to overstep that boundary. You can refine and change your boundaries if you want to, but it's also important to remember why those boundaries were put up in the first place, which was that he was a big asshole to you two months ago and told you he didn't want you in his life. (laughs) Yeah. Giving, we love you so much. I know we came out of the gate swinging with this one, but um, this is, I just want to tell you, this is so understandable, so reasonable. Let's help you navigate where, now that you're in it, Sam and I are going to help you navigate out of it. I want to tell you, um, I want to rag on you just a little bit more. <laughs> lovingly, lovingly. Um, that Sam is right. There's, there's like an extension of it might seem like you have the power right now giving. Mm. It might seem like you have the power because he's kind of like, it seems like he's thinking about what happened between you two. He wants to chat. He wants to talk on the phone and then he wants to see you. But I want to point out that all of these things are being done on his terms. And so the the sense of control or power that you have right now um, might not be what you think it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, it's kind of all on his terms, right? Um, It's on his terms that you guys are talking again. It's on his terms that he wants to see you again. Um, A way for you to, like, slide the scales a little so that it's a little bit more equal is for you to have a conversation to say... um, Mm. You know what? I I've really enjoyed catching up. I am totally thinking about you during this time. But I was really hurt by our breakup. And I did what you asked me to do, which was like, let go of you. And if we're going to be talking again, I just want to know that I am in a safe place, either that this is 100% of friendship, and we both know that and we both consent to that. Or if you're interested in something more, I need to like process what happened and and be ready to move on with you, you know? Yeah, I'm going to um, say no to that too. <laughs> I think I'm that not going to say no to that. No, I think you need to go into that conversation saying, this is what I want out of this relationship. Mm. And if you are not able to supply it, then we are done, right? Like, and I think what- I I'm going to say what, yes to that. Yeah, right. I think that the issue here is that sometimes we go into shit like this and say like, me not having any expectations is me having control over this, which is like absolutely not the truth. Like you not having expectations means that he is able to choose whatever he wants and you just have to adhere to it. And so I would encourage you giving to say like, to do that internal work and say like, this dude hurt me, but I still really love him. I would love to be in a relationship with him again. And I would love to give it a a go. Like I'm willing to do the process of forgiving him and moving forward. Outline that, say, this is what I want from you. And if he's not able to give it, then you know that it's time to move on. Or Mm -hmm. if that's not what you want and you're like, I just want to be friends or I just want to be able to check in and like make sure he's doing okay. Like, cool. Then those are your expectations of him and you, and then you ask for them and you maintain your own boundaries in that sense as well. And yeah. And I want to add to that because if you're like, okay, I'm cool with just being friends because like, why else are you talking to him? If, unless you want to be friends or you want to be in a relationship, it's those Mm -hmm. two things. (laughs) Um, uh, obviously there's middle ground there, but, um, if that's the case, then you going to your primary question, which is what the actual fuck, um, maybe he's just talking to you like a friend, Mm -hmm. right? 
that means you have to commit to not questioning his motives when he wants to talk to you because like sometimes we just need a homie to talk to you know mm-hmm. um i think you should say what's up <laughs> you know like what what's good but i'm a sucker and a romantic and you know my relationship was started from an email out of the mm-hmm. blue <laughs> for sure but in my defense you w- we can look back on those emails they are comically comically guarded the first week of emails with willow i was mm-hmm. so sterile i was so like she's like how are you how's your life and i'm like good and you <laughs> and i remember like, before yeah before you had that conversation that like started the relationship off you were like i want to talk to you or like it like the parameters of what the conversation were was going to be were set and you were like i can't handle you dropping off the face of the planet again so if you're we're gonna talk you have to like show up again and again and I was like, literally so proud of myself. And right? Willow Willow says it shifted something in her. I cuz I was cuz Willow and I have like flitted in and out of each other's lives for like the past decade, but my heart couldn't ha- I my heart couldn't handle that. I'm not Facebook friends with my fiance because at one <laughs> point at one point in my 20s, I was so convinced we would never be together and that it still hurt to look at her on Facebook. Like I was still going to look at her Facebook that I black, black, blacked her by unfriending her so that I could no longer access her. Right. That's how convinced I was that we were uh-huh. over. <laughs> yep. And um, and when I and giving just like you, when I decided to open that door of communication again, I set the ground rules to make sure that I wasn't going to be hurt. And mm-hmm. I want say, basically Sam and I are like giving you a hard time here lovingly um, because we want you to stand up for yourself. Like we for sure. you're some of the way that you phrase this phrase part of this letter is basically like that he is doing this to you, but you guys are doing it together. <laughs> like you guys are, <laughs> you guys are, you guys are walking down this murky, like let's chat and maybe meet up later without acknowledging, you know, what went down. But let me just say one more thing for like the 70 listeners out there that are like, wow, Sam and Sierra don't believe in love. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do believe not, in love, but you got to work for it. <laughs> yes. It's not that it's that I, I don't, I believe so much in love that I don't think it's, it's meant to happen all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. I believe so much in love that like, I'm sick of people wasting time in relationships that aren't worth their time, you know? Yes. Yep. Um, and giving like if you want this guy to like maybe start something up if you think that he's giving you mixed signals like now is the time to reestablish the parameters of the relationship that you want and if he doesn't want the same thing then you can wish him well like there mm-hmm. I, the maybe the last thing i want to say to this whole letter and to the sentiment of thinking of someone who might have hurt us or thinking of somebody who we who no longer wants to be with us who might be at risk right now. Like what a, what a strange time to be thinking of someone, right? I can only right. imagine how I would feel right now if one of my past abusers was in the healthcare um, mm. field, you know, like how confusing that would be for my heart. Absolutely. Um, and to the, to anyone who is experiencing that type of heartache, I want to say it is totally possible to, to acknowledge all that's going on here. It's 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 okay to acknowledge that this guy hurt you and that we're in a very strange time and that you're thinking of him and that you hope he's okay. You could even send a message giving. Your original message could be much more uh, abrupt. It could be, hey, I just want you to know I'm thinking of you, period. Or like, 
I hope, I hope everything is okay. Period. Not inviting for more conversation, not opening it up, but to the bigger point, it is totally possible to send good energy or whatever woo woo bullshit you want to believe in yep. to the people who have hurt us, who might be out there in the world doing really important, very dangerous work for the good of our country right now. You mm-hmm. know, that's right. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, if we weren't in a pandemic, I would just be like, ask this guy for what he wants. And if it's not for what you want, leave. <laughs> right. That's. Exactly what you should do. Like that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the reality. And, Listen, and don't like, let your don't let your kind uh, your niceness supersede your kindness to yourself and others. Right. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Giving. Um. We love you, even though we ragged on you that whole time, and we love your name. <laughs> giving the gift of missing me. Um. And we really hope that this goes. What well. we hope you feel empowered. Um, we do. You have choices in this. You are in control of how you respond, what you ask for, and establishing boundaries that are going to protect you and him, right? If you are coming at this with with different ideas of what you want, then it's not going to work well for either of you. So right. what do you want out of this? Um, know that you can support him and other healthcare workers without needing to be in constant contact with him. Um, and that you deserve someone who wants to be with you. That's not just going to to drop you the moment things get hard for him, right? And that person really? is out there, and it's not. It might not be this guy, and that's okay. Yes, we love you, giving. We hope this helps. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Breakup virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame 
and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. <laughs> Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right. Our next letter comes from Laura, who is writing from The Void. Hi, Sam and Sierra. Your podcast has brought so much joy, wisdom, and love to me and to my friends. It's taught me how to be proactive in my head and heart work, not to react to heartache. It's helped me grant permission to forgive myself. I wish I could fully express how grateful I am for you two, especially during this quarantine period. But all I can say is thank you. Hmm. This story is a bit long, so please bear with me. I'm 23 and was in a serious relationship from the time I was 17 until last summer. I went through a pretty nasty breakup then, ending a long-term toxic relationship. My ex, he, him, projected his insecurities and anxiety onto our relationship, which manifested in relentless implications that I was cheating or likely to cheat, as well as slut-shaming me for the hookups I'd had before we dated. I fucking hate that. I know. (laughs) I just hate that. It's like one of my least favorite things of humanity. I spent months trying to reassure him that I wasn't unfaithful while also reassuring him that he was a good person. He was controlling and needy and and steamrolled every boundary I tried to set for myself. All this is to say, when I got out of the relationship, I was emotionally drained and my reserve of patience, forgiveness, and grace was near empty. I had just finished college and was moving to a new city, so I decided to take some time to explore my new home, make friends, and reconnect with myself after having been in near back-to-back relationships for five years. I started therapy and I tried to do the necessary head and heart work to move on. It hasn't been an easy year, but there's also been a lot to be grateful for. Here's what I'm struggling with, the butt of the letter. I am unhappy being alone, but simultaneously Mm. I am repulsed by the thought of dating again. I've been almost completely divorced from sexual and romantic relationships since things ended with my ex and like a monk or an ascetic. I hoped that some sort of higher self-realization and self-love would come with this prolonged isolation. I wanted to be happy with myself before being with someone else. I wanted to be self-sufficient and validating and loving myself. Not saying I think it's wrong to get approval from or love from people who are dear to you, but I don't want to be reliant on it. 
I'm not getting there though. It's been almost a year and I feel like I've only taken a few very small steps forward. I still feel lonely and I haven't regained the confidence I had before my ex. I guess it's important to include that my toxic ex and I took a break during our relationship and I initiated us getting back together. I had good reasons. Things hadn't gotten too bad by then. I still loved him. He seemed like he'd make good on his promise to work on himself. But then there was also a part of me that was scared and ashamed of being alone. Those fears propelled me back into a relationship that only got increasingly toxic and painful. It's why I'm worried about beginning a relationship before I'm okay being alone with myself. This fear is one reason why I'm disinterested in relationships. Another is that I feel mm-hmm. emotionally drained, not only from my toxic relationship, but from all the emotional labor and understanding and warmth I've put into all of my relationships. Doing that again, opening up again, seems exhausting. I almost resent the idea of having to do that all again. My questions for you two are, how can you be okay with being alone? How can you use that time to heal and stop the past from preventing future happiness? When do you stop leaning into the discomfort of loneliness and start looking for a good, true love again? Any advice you have would be surely appreciated. Thank you both so much. Hope you're staying safe. Thank you so much for writing, Laura. I love this letter. Um, And I love this sentiment that you've articulated so well for all of our listeners Mm -hmm. of like, dang, this sucks. And I hate everything. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. But like, I, you know, that I hate being alone and I don't want to be in a relationship and I hate growing, you know, like not hate, but like, you know, I, I feel like I'm not growing. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, you articulated discontent very well. Absolutely. Um, I want to start by, um, talking about an idea that I actually was just talking about with Willow the other day. Um, and I'm going to compare it to like activity, um, and like, you know, working out and Mm. it'll make sense. I promise. (laughs) Um, so the other day we were, um, hiking Willow and I, and, um, I have been regularly, working out or being active in a way that I hadn't previously for over a year now. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very proud of myself because, um, it's something that I wanted to accomplish. Just, uh, Willow's a very active person. And I knew that when we lived together, I wanted to be able to like, um, participate with these activities with her and also for my own, um, mental health, getting back into running like Sam did, et cetera. Um, and I, we were hiking up the hill, uh, the, the, the mountain and it wasn't very steep, but I was like panting. I was like way out of breath. And I was saying to her that it's so funny that I, Sierra five years ago, like pre the level of um, activity that I do now would have thought that at one point in my quote unquote fitness journey or whatever bullshit you want to call it, I would, um, I would not be out of breath that all of a sudden I Mm. would be like so fit and active that I could just like walk up a hill like effortlessly and not break a sweat and, and not be panting and huffing and turning red and getting nauseous. Um, and that also similar to running that like one day running wouldn't hurt or it wouldn't be hard. And all of a sudden I could just like bound out there like a graceful, like athletic deer and, and and that I wouldn't want to like vomit every time I like pass a couple miles or whatever. Um, and that, you know, Sierra five years ago didn't know what I know now, which is like, I am the most active right now that I've ever been. And I still get winded as fuck doing simple things. Like that's just what, (laughs) that's what bodies do, you know, Uh that it doesn't, you know, I always thought that there would be a level of 
activity that would make me graceful and, you know, not a human. (laughs) (laughs) And comparing this to mental health, which is something that I also experienced, is that I thought, especially in my early 20s, I thought that one day I would reach a level of self-awareness or um, healing or recovery or whatever you want to call it, that like I would cross this threshold and all of a sudden I would be a whole complete person who was totally capable and high functioning, aka like an adult trademark. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, And that I wouldn't, you know, have flare ups like jealousy, like we were talking about in the Mm check-in or that I, um, you know, I wouldn't have to deal with my anxiety that all of a sudden, if I put in the work, I should get the, the product, right? Like the, the return on the work. For sure. But I was an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I wasn't an idiot. I was just a human, you know, Mm -hmm. and that, I realized that so much of life and so much of learning yourself and and recovery and healing and wellness and all of that shit it's never linear and it's it's never something that you you know that you do a hundred times and then you get like the certificate of I am a a healed wonderful person gold star things like that mm-hmm. in fact it's it's much more like what we were talking about in the beginning like with those flare up emotions that instead we become more and more um, accustomed to how the, our wellness ebbs and flows mm-hmm. and that we are we are always going to be presented with difficult experiences and and we're always going to be learning more about ourselves and this is all to say Laura um, this time that you're taking in this time of solitude um, you don't need to be healed or better or fixed in any way you are perfect right now as is even if you are becoming even if you are still quote-unquote working on yourself um, there's not going to be like a threshold of aloneness that is going to make you <laughs> Um, like dateable or like capable of a healthy relationship, you know? Um, yeah. Does that, does that like facade make sense? I I, I see it so often that we think that we're going to like, I don't know that everything will be pristine. I had this picture, um, of what my life would look like once I got my shit together. (laughs) Yeah. You know, once I, once I did the work of like being alone and I would have this cute little apartment and I would like, you know, grow plants in my windowsill and everything would be organic and pristine (laughs) and like my, the lighting would be perfect. You know Uh what I mean? But instead it's like, oh, life is work all the time. (laughs) You just get more tools in your tool belt, you know? Yeah. Um, no, Does I that think, make, can you compare that to her situation? <laughs> yeah, can you no. make me make sense, basically? <laughs> I think that all makes sense. And I think, um, you know, I have talked about how the time when I would lived alone was so transformative for me. Um, but like, it was also really fucking lonely. Uh, and mm. I, and I want to make sure that I don't portray it as being like, oh yeah, it was all me making soup for myself every night. And like, uh, sitting and doing mindfulness meditations with my cat every, every moment of the day. Right. Uh, like, yeah, there were parts where I learned to make food for myself or I learned to take care of myself in ways that I hadn't before, which was fantastic. But it was also like me sitting, watching Netflix and like drinking too much because I was like, Mm -hmm. I was just sad that I didn't have someone. Yeah. Um, but what I think what was really helpful for me 
in that time of being alone wasn't that I didn't, I suddenly wasn't lonely anymore. It taught me that Mm. being lonely was not going to kill me. That like being lonely was something that I could work through by focusing on the friendships that I had, by focusing on my relationship with my family, by being grateful for the fact that I have this cat and this apartment to myself and all of the things that I was able to fill that apartment with, right? Like it, it taught me that loneliness wasn't uh, the only thing that defined me. It was just something that I was going through that I was experiencing and that I had the ability to be grateful for other things that I had in my life, that there was abundance Mm. even as I felt that loneliness. And I, Mm. and like, I also like during that time was also on apps. Like I was trying to find people, um, on dating apps. Yeah. Um, and what I also think was really helpful there was like, even when, I was, you know, cause you talk about in your letter, Laura, like you feel emotionally drained. Like you feel like you don't have anything to give. Right. And I think by going through the process of living alone, being on those apps, being constantly rejected or like having like these conversations fizzle out also taught me that mm-hmm. like rejection, having those conversations fizzle out wasn't the, the end of the world that I thought it was going to be. Like it wasn't so emotionally draining to have to talk to people and have it not work out. Like I still had my apartment. I still had myself. I still had the things that I valued and that I was working on. Um, and it taught me that like, yeah, rejection sucks. It really, it hurts. Like sometimes you didn't want to be putting yourself out there and that's totally fine. But it also is not the end of the world when someone rejects you, Yeah. when someone immediately blocks you when you send them a picture of yourself, right? (laughs) Like, Ooh, yeah. Did I, did I stay off of grinder for a little bit after that? For sure. But also like, so painful, but we talk about this all the time. Like the, the thing that like the worst thing that happens to you is something that you will get through just like the last worst thing that happened to you, right? The things Mm -hmm. that you would never. So like this rejection that I felt from this person that blocked me after I sent a picture of him, like, guess what? I got through it because like I had to, (laughs) like, that was the only option and I'm a better, more like more, a healthier person from it because I can look at that and say like, that wasn't a rejection of me. That was a direction, a rejection Oh, that was that person, right? Like it has no bearing on me or who I am. It's all about like who that person is, what they want, the cruelty that they, that they exhibit on other people. But it's like, but mm-hmm. I still am who I am. And that person is pretty cool. So like, sorry, friend, <laughs> sorry, you're missing out on this. Yeah. And I, I like that you shared the fact that like, you've talked a lot about like that, hashtag forever alone period of your life, um, living alone and how that was really important and like carving out your identity. But I'm really glad that you admitted like, yeah, I was dating during that time. I was like trying to meet somebody. It just like didn't work out because again, that like breaks down that idea that we have of this pristine single time. Like, oh my God, I'm going to be single um, and and celibate for five years. And then I'm going to come out of that, like totally capable of having a healthy relationship. Like that's not what we're selling mm-hmm. here. You know, like that's not what happens. And in fact, Sam, and I think you're challenging Laura to do this a little, is that um, you're challenging Laura to be both like to prioritize themselves, to practice, you know, to lean into that solitude a little bit more because at the end of the day, we are and have always been enough, but also to practice vulnerability that like the muscles that you will strengthen, you know, maybe putting yourself out there a little, standing up for yourself when you feel like, um, this vibe isn't right. I don't like this Mm -hmm. guy. I'm going to pass. Right. Or this person's not into me. I, I've been quote unquote rejected. 
I'm still whole. I love myself. I'm going to go back to my apartment that I have built and catered from, you know, like lovingly for yep. myself. Or I'm going to like, I'm, um, I'm going to go hang out with friends or like, I'm going to go, I'm going right. to go do the things that I know are, are put me at ease. Right. And I had to learn through the process of being alone, what those things were so that I could, I could get to a place where I knew that if something really bad happened, where someone rejected me or a date went poorly, I could always return to the things that brought me peace because those things were inherent to me and not to other people. One more thing, Laura, that I want to leave you with is the idea of, you know, the story that you're telling yourself and don't get me wrong, girl. I totally understand this exhaustion, but I want to tell you, um, not pejoratively or, or not trying to like make everything like shiny and okay, but Mm -hmm. you have a long Hopefully all of us have a long life ahead of us, right? You're 23, which also means that you have a long romantic life ahead of you Mm -hmm. and that you don't have to get it all right. This next relationship, you don't have to get it next, right? This next couple of relationships, like life is about learning. Life is about experiencing and then learning through those experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want to challenge, not challenge your resentment because I, definitely relate to it so deeply actually but instead i want i want to attempt to disempower this right mm. um to de- to dethrone it because right now you're you are telling yourself and believing the narrative that um i'm unhappy being alone but i want to be with someone but the idea of being someone will be so hard and exhausting and i don't want to put myself out there and that i don't want to do it again when it doesn't happen correct, you know, right the first time. And don't get me wrong. Like that's like dating exhaustion 101, (laughs) but I'm wondering too, like, what if you shifted your perspective just a tiny bit to say, what if what I'm so convinced will happen doesn't happen? Mm. The world is an abundant place, right? And, and you don't know what could happen next. And that there is love out there that doesn't make us work so hard. And there's love within us that doesn't make us betray ourselves so much. And mm. I want to shift your perspective just a little um, so that you can maybe like dig into that well of resilience, d- dig into, into that understanding that the universe is abundant and know that there's plenty of time and plenty of love out there for you to explore. Absolutely. That's a great way to... To phrase it. And I think that idea of what can being single teach us, like it's partially like, yes, being single is not the end of the world and you will, you will get through it, right? Like forever alone. And Mm -hmm. also exactly what Sierra is saying, which is that like, and also the universe is abundant. And I think sometimes we can get, we can get tied to one of those and not the other. But I think mm-hmm. that blending those two, a little bit of like, where if the worst thing happens, I will be single, which is like not actually the worst thing in right. the world. Or, right. but I also have faith that there is abundance out there, right? Like I'm fine with what I have. And I also have faith that there's more for me in the universe. Yeah. Is like what equips us to be able to move into relationships in a healthy way, because we can seek out the abundant abundance and the joy and recognize that when we find something that doesn't fit right, that isn't bringing us joy, that we can always come back to this, this, to ourselves, right? And know that we have everything inside us to provide what we need. Right. Totally. I totally agree. All right, Laura, thank you so much for writing. Thank you so much. We love you. We love you. We hope this helps. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, before we get into the last letter, Sam, do you want to hear a joke? Yes, I do. What, uh, why did the narcissist cross the road? Um, because he saw his reflection on the other side? <laughs> no, because he <laughs> thought it was a boundary. So he crossed it. Get it? That is a joke that oh, that's I, bleak. <laughs> I read it on our Just Breakup Facebook group, our private Facebook group. Um, somebody posted it. It's not in front of me right now. I'm reciting it from memory. So I'm sorry that I can't give you a shout out. But mm-hmm. everybody can join the Just Breakup Facebook group if you're interested, if you want to get some advice from your peers or see some top notch dating jokes and memes and things like that. <laughs> That's a good one. Kudos to the person that said it. Sorry that we didn't say your name. (laughs) I just forgot it. I'm sorry. You can DM me and I'll shout you out online. Okay. This final letter is from Quarantini Sippin, who's writing to us from California. Sam and Sierra, hi. I have been a listener for a year and your podcast has been so incredibly therapeutic for me. The caring, loving attention and vulnerability that you bring to every letter inspires me to be my best self. You're both so brave and generous with the advice and hard-earned wisdom that you give to us lonely, confused souls. Even if you don't read this letter out loud, it touches my heart to know that I reached you. I love you guys and we love you. We do. I am a 23-year-old bisexual cisgendered woman, she, her, dating a 25-year-old lesbian, she, her. We are both uh, in our first year at the same graduate program, graduate school, but we are in separate programs. The start of our relationship was wonderful. We share common priorities about ambition and health and like to spend our time together in the same way, being outside or being around friends or exercising. We both have a strong caretaking instinct, and in the beginning, we supported each other well. She is a great deal uh, more extroverted, confident, and adventurous than I am, but bringing around her helped bring out those qualities in myself. I've always had a sense that she was, quote, cooler than me, one of my insecurities after years of being the nerdy, quiet girl, but I was in a part of my life where I felt really confident and sure of myself. So that feeling stayed in the background. After four months of dating, COVID-19 hit. I'm a naturally anxious person and all the disruption that COVID has brought has made it hard for me to sleep and caused me to have major mood swings that make me feel like my emotions are constantly in control of me. I have been seeing a therapist and I'm working back towards the healthy recovered state I was pre-COVID, but my anxiety has really affected our relationship. On top of this, we moved in together. This was crazy premature as it was only five months into our relationship, but it was the only way that we could financially and logistically manage being together. The alternative being each of us live at home with our parents. My girlfriend is almost three years older than me and she has lived on her own for a few years now and lived with a partner before. I've lived on my own for less than a year and have never cohabitated with a partner. I moved into her space and put most of my stuff into storage. So even though I've lived here for a month um, and know that we are splitting the rent, it still feels very much like her territory. 
Quarantine has been very lonely. I tend to be someone who has some a few close friends instead of having a large social group. But my girlfriend, on the other hand, is the opposite. Living in such close quarters while she FaceTimes with her groups of friends constantly um, has made me feel insecure about the number of friends and closeness of those friendships that I have. My anxiety and insomnia combined with my relative lack of experience and her dominant personality have shifted the dynamic in our relationship. I just don't feel secure anymore, either about this relationship or myself. I'm scared that she will start to lose respect for me and get tired of being the caretaker in our relationship. The reality is she has been very patient and gracious. She's been dealing with her own adjustments to the new normal of quarantine, but she's been a great listener and we've worked through how we can change our communication styles to be more effective. But we both have shorter tempers and lower annoyance thresholds. Her naturally domineering, dominant personality, which I used to be able to match or gently um, or teasingly push back against, now feels controlling. Sometimes I can feel myself pushing her away, overreacting to small things because I'm scared that she's going to leave. And this fear comes out as anger. I've thought about just quitting this because it's hard, which is what I did in my last relationship. But I do love her deeply and we never had any problems like this pre-COVID. And together we can be our authentic, goofy, nerdy selves who support each other through the trials of life in grad school. Though this time has been difficult, it has shown me that she can be a loving, caring partner. I'm currently seeing a therapist who's helped me manage my anxiety, and I know this quarantine situation is temporary. I know that all of my problems in our relationship do not stem from COVID. Rather, premature cohabitation and quarantine have exacerbated things that would be small hurdles in normal times. But I can't shake the feeling that something in our, our relationship has irrevocably changed and that mm -hmm. I'm no longer the girl she fell in love with, but a fragile and broken and lonely version. How do we get back to the easy love we had in the beginning? How do I make it feel like we are equals again? Should I turn tail and fly back home to spend the rest of quarantine with my family because cohabitation isn't healthy for us? For us? How do I build myself up when it feels like my anxiety is a riptide? Thank you for all the amazing work you do and best wishes for your health and happiness. All right, Quarantini Sippin, thank you so much for writing. That's right. Uh, I just want to say, first of all, like, whoo, this yes. time is just fucking us all up. <laughs> like, it fucking is. <laughs> it is extraordinary times, my friends. It is. It's causing a lot of a lot of stuff, right? And I and time out for one second. I want you to take the lead out of this, but I just imagine you know that moment in your relationship when like you're feeling like crazy. And something's going down that's like very small and you know it's small, but in your head you're like, this is huge and I'm anxious and mm -hmm. this is going to end our relationship. And that terrible, terrible feeling of like not wanting to overreact, but not wanting to not react. And also like the <laughs> inner the inner monologue that's going on uh -huh. and trying to defend yourself, you know, like trying to, is particularly in this situation, like trying to defend yourself against a more d dominant personality, but not wanting to get into a super, a stupid fight because everything is already so sensitive in quarantine land. Yeah. Like the, the we... Quarantini, you are walking on eggshells in in a relationship right now, mm -hmm. and not because your partner is mean or hot headed, and not because you are inadequate or hot, hot tempered, but just because you're trying to like maintain 
a relationship, maintain a new sense of normal, which you guys never established outside of this chaos. <laughs> right. You know, and now, survive a pandemic. <laughs> for sure. And I think that's, it's so real though. Like uh, um, Esther Perel, who we talked about last week, um, mm-hmm. who With the is the host. Book. Yeah. Yes. And is the host of the podcast, um, Where Shall We Begin, um, was on This American Life, I think two or three weeks ago. Um and she just like point blank said, I was like on a run when she said this, she was like, or COVID-19 is going to end some relationships. And it was just like, <laughs> like, it was just that point blank. Um, and I like, I, I literally like stopped running and was like, oh shit. Like, oh shit. Just because for a couple reasons, one, like just love the fact that it was like on the table. She was just like, yeah, this is this is unprecedented. We are putting relationships into pressure cookers. Like many of them are going to explode and not because the ingredients weren't the right ingredients, just because where they were at the time when that pressure cooker got turned on Mm -hmm. means that they're not going to turn into like a a wonderful, nutritious meal. They are going to turn Mm -hmm. into an explosion. And it's what I, I think that's really hard. Like, I think that that is a really hard thing to swallow this realization that like, this shit that we're going through is going to is going to have effects that we have absolutely no control over. And I also think that in that moment, it offered me like a sense of relief in mm. us trying to help people navigate through these situations Yeah, so to think like, wow, and also this is outside of my control, right? So it doesn't mean that you're dominating, uh, your dominating partner who is hot headed um, and you who's insecure about like, uh, feeling like you're not cool enough, right? Like those might be things that could be worked through in a normal situation, but because of this pressure cooker, like it's bringing everything to a head and it's, right. it's a and little bit of a relief. everything feels big, yep. Right, it feel, <laughs> it's a little bit of a relief to say like, oh, okay. So like it gets, it takes some of the burden off of us to say like, it's not that this isn't a good relationship. It's not that this person I don't isn't a good person. Don't me. Mm-hmm. It just means that like it couldn't flourish in this soil. It could not yeah. exist in the way that we wanted it to exist in these circumstances. Yeah. Um, and that sucks. Like we get letters all the time. That's like, oh, but if only I was, they had yeah. like their mother weren't <laughs> that, awful. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just going to say that and quarantine before. Before I go on this little tangent again, um, Sam and I don't think your relationship's going to end via, like by way of no. COVID, no. but we want to acknowledge the extenuating circumstance that you and your partner are under that so many people across the world are now under. Right. That, like, not only are we cha- like relationships are hard a fucking enough, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> they're they are hard enough to because everybody works through reality with a different set of rules like they. Every, my fiance and I view the world totally differently. The way mm-hmm. we approach the world, no matter how similar or like-minded or compatible we are, we process and experience the world totally differently. And that in itself is a challenge to find someone that you can work and sustain a relationship with. Add this very stressful um, experience. It, it, it just is so bizarre. But to speak to like a small tangent, you brought up past letters, like so many letters we get and our own life experience thinking, mm-hmm. uh, so many letters say like, 
well, it, you know, we were we were, had this great relationship and then this happened. We had this great relationship and then they met this person. We would still be together. We would have that house and that baby if yep. she hadn't met that guy or if he hadn't reconnected with his coworker or whatever. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. we it's it's not it's very human to feel as though not that we are owed things, but that there is a natural order to things. Yeah, that but there's per, like fairness in the universe. Yes, <laughs> but per usual, Sam and I are here to remind you that, um, you know, a relationship doesn't succeed or fail, number one. Like you cannot... For sure. Um, you cannot be... I, the, I don't know how I want to say this, but like I think so often we think down on ourselves when our relationships don't flourish, you know? Um, so what do I want to say? It's like relationships, you're not, you're not, sometimes you can love someone so wholly and you can do all the right things, but you have literally no control over what happens to you and your partner while you are together. There can Mm. be deaths in the family. There can be, you know, huge friendships fallouts there can be unemployment there can be illness like and when we are met with these big huge like universal life experiences that challenge the fuck out of us it is not your fault when your new normal is something that you are absolutely not ready for and ill-equipped for Mm -hmm. i will admit this i am ill-equipped i was not ready for the pandemic right like (laughs) right i Emotionally, I was not ready to be a perfect partner, a perfect business partner to you, mm-hmm. um, you know, a family like I, it, I had to adjust because I am an imperfect person as we all are. And you, Quarantini, and anybody out there whose relationship is now facing, facing a lot of stress, you, you couldn't have seen this coming. You couldn't have seen this coming. You could not have prepared for this. Yep. You could not have, like, you, there's no textbook that's like, well, in attachment styles, you can deal with this. But, like, when there's a quarantine, you know, right. prepare to freak the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> Everything um, just goes out the window. Like, they yeah, have to put that caveat in book. every book. Yeah. It's like, yeah. When, in quarantine, none of this applies. Yes. <laughs> in quarantine, absolutely. all, like, every person for themselves. <laughs> yes. So this is all to say, quarantine and everybody out there right now struggling with, pro- not just quarantine, but, like, a death in the family, a loss of a job or something, something that's putting stress on your relationship that's new, uncharted territory, you are doing the best that you can with the knowledge and experience that you have in this moment. You, all mm-hmm. you can do is forgive yourself, be tender with yourself, um, and and try to learn. Try to try to make it, sculpt it now to be what you want it to be. Um, but but mostly forgive yourself, right, for feeling at, inadequate in this moment because none of us were prepared. For sure, yeah. It's like that tweet that's like, "You're not working from home. You are surviving a pandemic." while also trying to work. And I feel like that's true of relationships too, right? It's like, you're not just like in a relationship right now, right? You are trying to survive a pandemic while also maintaining a relationship. Right. And like, and that's a tall fucking order. Mm -hmm. It is a tall fucking order. And it, it is really, really challenging right now. Um, Mm -hmm. because we're all, we're all individually going through things and also our relationships are going through something too. Right. Um, and are being exposed to things that they, that our relationships weren't ready for. Right. Like I just think about the fact that you, you two moved in together before you were ready to move in together. And even that is such a challenge. 
mm-hmm. and add to it the stress of, and now you're moving in together and literally you have to disinfect everything that comes into your house, right? Like <laughs> you're living together and you can't go grab a drink with a friend to be like, wow, is she annoying when she doesn't load the dishwasher, right? Like you, like oh there God. are just so oh many God. different things that are, that are not available to you right now. Do you know what I realized? Compounding. The, yeah. Do you know what I realized the other day? Sorry to interrupt you, but FaceTime. No Podcasting is hard. Um, uh, we weren't prepared for this. It is hard enough right, to literally. do a podcast, so now we have to do yeah. it via FaceTime. Yeah, and I can't tell if you're still talking or if you're frozen. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, ooh, ah. um, okay, but what I was going to say, uh, uh, related but a little unrelated, was, oh my god, something I realized I missed in quarantine yesterday was one watching my partner interact with other people. Like I love Mm. Willow's very extroverted, like more than me even. Um, And, you know, I love watching her with friends or with strangers. Like I think it's sexy and beautiful. And like, she's so socially competent in situations that I'm not. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And um, I like miss watching her in the world. And two, I miss coming home with her. Right. Yeah. There's a certain amount of romance of like, of being like uh, watching your partner, like out in the world, being that or authentic self, you know, like, I don't know, wherever, like at the bar or, or at the park or whatever with your friends and then coming home and being like, but we're, we're choosing to come home together and we're choosing to be alone together after a fun day out with other people. And I, I I know, isn't that sweet? But I, I, I had to figure out how to word it to her because I didn't want to be like, I miss you being with other people (laughs) (laughs) or like, I didn't want to be like, I miss not being with you, but I meant like that feeling of coming home together. I think mm-hmm. I really miss. Um, yeah, I get that. I miss <laughs> this is turned <laughs> into like, like what do alone. we miss most? Yeah, like I literally miss being alone. Like, I honestly, yeah, totally. I miss like having a night to myself to help make me appreciate and like, and knowing Love and like, appreciate and, Peter. Yeah. Right. And going to bed and knowing that in the morning, Peter will wake up. Like, I will wake up and Peter will be next yeah. to me. Like, yeah, that's sweet. Because I was in a relationship that was so horrible where I never knew if the person was going to be there when I woke up in the morning. So like go to bed and not have any anxiety about that is wonderful. And also like, I'm just a hardcore introvert and I love to have a night to myself where I, all I do is take care of myself. Like, Ooh. And I a hundred percent miss that because, and I miss it because it helps me be a better partner to Peter when I'm able to like have those moments of being like, okay, this is just me time. (laughs) Right. Totally. Anyway, Um, Quarantini. So be easy on yourself. Know that this is, this is a lot. And I, I want to go to, I want to zoom in on a couple things. I think Sam and I want to talk a little bit about like moving in and cohabitating. Like we can't unmove in. To, you, you can't take that decision back. You can decide to move out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and say like, you know, we did this too early and for the sake and for the health of our relationship, we're going to try this again when we're ready. Yep. Um, but, but in this current moment, in this current climate, we cannot undo this currently. I think it is of the utmost importance that you unpack your stuff. This is your apartment. <laughs> I think it's so important. I'm, I'm with like you. So I'm deadly with serious. You. Yeah. Yep. You need to unpack your stuff because you are paying rent. This is your place. And this will make you feel it's slightly, if not more empowered, right? Like mm-hmm. you need to start claiming you, you feel like you keep saying like, I want to get back to that person that like more healed, more empowered person that I am. 
And I want to tell you that that person is always in you. That is who mm-hmm. you are all the time. Just like I said um, in the letter about being alone, like we don't magically pass a threshold in which we're not going to sometimes revert to some of our old behaviors, right? Right, right. We always revert. We just get better at not staying in that revert state longer, right? Mm-hmm. Um and I want to empower you to say, this is my house. This is my apartment. This is my home. And I want to feel like it's ours, right? Yep. I want to feel like it's it's mine too. You deserve that. And if and I, I don't know if she gives you any pushback about that, like, yeah, get into a fight. <laughs> <laughs> or like, um, don't pay rent. Be like, all right, I'm just going to sleep. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Absolutely. Um, and I think that like, even in this time of, of craziness, um, like the tools that we have that we've that we've always talked about are still tools you can use. They're mm-hmm. they're harder to use, I think. Um, but I do think that they're but the things that we talk about, like um using I statements, saying the story I'm mm-hmm. telling myself about this is this, mm-hmm. or saying like, I don't need you to fix this. I just want you to I want to say this to you because I want you to know me, right? Is right. Like all of those things are still things that we can use. Um, and I think honestly your partner would probably even be receptive to them. Right. I think sometimes we also like create these narratives about our partners too. Totally. That are like totally totally bizarre. (laughs) Like, yeah. Like this idea of like, Mm -hmm. right. Like this person is, well, this person is two years older than me. So they must obviously have it far more together than I do. And the reality is, is that like the person is looking at you and being like, wow, this person got into grad school two years earlier than I did. So like Mm. they must have it more together than I did. Right. And Mm -hmm. these narratives that we create about our partners are often narratives that they're creating about us too. And so Mm. I think, I think I want to challenge you a little bit to say like, um, you feel less cool. Well, there's no reason why she doesn't think that you're cooler than her. Right. Like there are the, I challenge that story that you're telling yourself and Maybe even tell your partner that too, right? Yeah. Like the story I'm telling myself right now because of all of this stuff is that and you are way cooler than me and that you're going to leave me because I'm not cool enough, right? Yes. And see how they respond. Yes. I, I want to continue that too, because I think the thing in this letter that stuck out to me the most or like jabbed me in the heart the most because mm-hmm. I related to it so hard was the sentiment or the sentence, I can't shake the feeling that something in our relationship has been irrevocably changed. Mm. I relate to that so much, that moment of, or like that, that dread, that looming feeling of like, where did this love go? Why, how was it poisoned? And and like, how did I not see this happening or, or whatever our anxiety loves to tell us. Um, and I want to continue what Sam was saying by like challenging that narrative just a little, because here's the thing, Quarantini, your relationship has changed, Mm -hmm. right? There's no time in which our relationships don't change, right? (laughs) Right. Or we, we adjust or, or we settle in or we radically change our behavior or whatever. Like there's, there's nobody who isn't changed by what is going on right now in the world. And Mm -hmm. your relationship is just another facet of that. Um, but that doesn't mean your relationship has changed for the worse. Maybe it has changed for the more honest version of itself, right? Like we're, we're not in the honeymoon anymore. We're starting to feel out some of these small bumps that, yes, would have been easier if you weren't in a global pandemic and living together, but mm-hmm. you are. So your relationship <laughs> is adjusting accordingly. But right. 
to continue this line of like rethinking, reframing, I want you to dethrone this narrative that your your relationship has now soured and instead Mm. say, my relationship is changing and I'm going to continue this changing process. I'm going to be an active participant in the change. I'm going Mm. to start molding this relationship or at least myself, right? Because I can only control myself and I can only control my actions. Um, I'm going to start standing up for myself a little bit more or at, at, at bare minimum. And this is, this is what this relationship sounds like it needs for me is some calm, loving, well thought out conversations. Like yep. maybe write some notes of things that you want to talk about with your partner and say, I love you. I really want our relationship to succeed. It's obviously under some really stressful circumstances right now that are a hundred percent outside of our control. So what are some strategies that we can take on to start combating them for the sustainability and wellness of our relationship, right? Mm-hmm. For but sure. It's it's I know that panicking feeling of like, oh my God, it's fucked. I've I'm losing her, right? I'm losing her. But I want to challenge that a little bit because you haven't lost her yet. And it's not something I even want to like shift that that approach, right? Mm-hmm. It's that can you make this can you can you get on the same page? If not, how can you s- secure and and stabilize the things that you know to be true about yourself as is, um, and then see if they can be compatible with the relationship? Yeah, I agree with that. And I think one thing, just hearkening back to what Sierra said, um, one of the lines that stood out for me was that um, that you're no longer the girl that she fell in love with, but instead a fragile, broken, and lonely version. Um, Mm -hmm. and I want to say to you that that fragile, lonely, broken version has been there the whole time. Right. And so has the confident and so is the confident and cool person that you want to project. Mm -hmm. Right. Like those are both parts of you, uh, that can be integrated, that are always there, um, and that you can't deny. Right. And, and I want to say that because I want you to recognize that that lonely, broken fragile part of you is just as worthy of love as the cool part of you, right? The part of you that seems like you've got it all together, right? Like I have this podcast where Sierra and I give unqualified advice where we seem like we're really put together. I am still the Sam that had panic attacks every night of freshman year and had to like sleep in his parents' bed when he was in, when he came home for Christmas break, right? Like that that person is still a part of me. And that person who was so ill-equipped to move through this world is as worthy of love as the person that can stand up in front of a hundred people and give relationship advice unqualified, right? (laughs) And those are both parts of me. And in fact, the part of me that, that went through that awful stuff has made me a better person has made me a more confident person has made me more empathetic and understanding of other people and be, but, it didn't happen because I denied that part of me or said that part of me is shameful and that part of me is something that I need to hide from people. Instead, like the power that Sierra and I have in this podcast is by looking at those moments and saying like, nope, this is something we're going to bring to the surface mm-hmm. and display that vulnerability that that connects us with people, right? And you can do that with your partner. It is hard to be in relationship in a pressure cooker like this. But you can talk about the things that you're going through in ways that are supportive of you and your partner, right? You and and your partner, yes. Absolutely. And you can display those things that are fragile and broken and have faith that those things are just as worthy of love 
as the confidence that you put yourself put out when you were in the beginning stages of this relationship. And, and think about it. Think about what Sam just said, like what, so you're going to display all this vulnerability. You're going to, you're going to be all versions of yourself to your partner. And if your partner freaks and is incapable of receiving and loving and, and maintaining this relationship, it might be because of the quarantine, because things are crazy right now. It might be because they are just not, you know, you guys are not a match. It might be because you moved in together. All of these things that we, we cannot undo in this moment, that that would that's a good thing. Right. Like, I, I love <laughs> yeah. the idea of shifting the narrative like of a, a relationship not working ending is inherently a good thing because it makes it, it like clears it strengthens your palate, right? You know what you want and you know what you don't want. You know Absolutely. what you want. You want to be able to be all of yourselves in your relationship. You don't want to have to perform in order to be lovable. Mm. And you want pe- you what you don't want is somebody who when they see who you really are, they run, right? I don't Absolutely. want I don't want to like have to be chasing someone and convincing them to love me my whole verse my whole self. Mm. Um yeah, I love that, Sam. I love That's real. ending on that note. Yeah. All right, Quarantini. Yeah, we love you. We know this is hard. <laughs> be easy on yourself. You're going through a really hard time right now. Mm-hmm. And Sam and I love you very, very, very much. We do. Thanks for writing. All right. That brings us to the blind date segment of our show. Every week, we want to shout out something that we think is awesome that we want to set you up with. This week, we want to send you home with... A podcast called Phoebe Reads a Mystery. Ooh. And it is, um, so it's Phoebe Judge, who is the host of the podcast Criminal. Love um, her voice. Y- yes, which her voice is like part, one of the best oh things God, about that podcast, right? Totally. Um, and so when I'm the, Phoebe Judge. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is Criminal. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's amazing. Um, and Criminal is a great podcast too. You should check that out. But um, yeah. during quarantine, she is she talked about this and she was like, I'm really getting back into fiction. Um, and I just wanted to do something that was like not ad related, uh, wasn't like my job, but like allowed me to connect with people. And so what she's doing is every day she's reading a chapter out of a mystery novel. Um, and so the first novel that she read was, um, an Agatha, Agatha Christie's first book, um, And it's just so delightful to like have this person who I know from her podcast, who has such a delightful voice, um, Mm. read a chapter of a book every day. Um, Oh my God, I love it. Right. And I've been really, I've been struggling with like, because I've been also taking really long walks and have been struggling with finding a podcast that's not about murder, (laughs) which is Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm, my mm -hmm. usual go-to. Or mm-hmm. about the news, which like, I am like zero news so intake right done. now. <laughs> At the beginning, I was like following everything. Now I'm like, please Mm-mm. don't show me a single news article. <laughs> please do not tell me anything that any person is saying. <laughs> I do not want to be informed. <laughs> Honestly. Um, just tell me when it's time for me to vote and I will vote. Okay. <laughs> That's so as every every like conservative out there is like this is the liberal you know takeover they're uninformed and you and we're like absolutely hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent um, but this has just been so nice because it is like it's a murder mystery for sure but it is oh my like God, I love that it is just this lovely woman reading books um, and it has like gotten me through my walks and it's just been nice to also like really focus on something too. Mm. Um, so love it. It's called Phoebe Reads a Mystery. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Excellent. 
All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Breakup Pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakupPod.com, which is also where you can find tickets to our birthday live show happening on June 6th. It's a Saturday at 6 p.m. Central. Tickets are $5, and you can find them at our website, JustBreakupPod.com. Amazing. Please leave us a five-star rating and review and consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you will get an additional bonus weekly episode as well as other goodies at higher tiers. This literally keeps the lights on and it helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Original music, editing, producing, Literally like everything but talking (laughs) (laughs) by our good friend, Big Cat, whose birthday it was this weekend. Happy birthday, Spencer. We love you so fucking much. Make sure everyone check out his Instagram, find out his music. His his music name is Big Cat and his Instagram handle is Big Cat's Beats. And check out his podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember... Today, you will not compare yourself to others because you know this is not a fruitful exercise. You won't even compare yourself to who you were yesterday, the day before, or the day before that, except to acknowledge all that you've learned, all that you didn't know then. Your self-esteem is growing stronger every day as your relationship with yourself deepens. You do not need to compare yourself to others because you are unique, lovable, whole, and valuable exactly as you are. And if all else fails, just break up.